and welcome to Transistor Radio. Hi, I'm Jody Denethorn. And I'm Kelly Denethorn. Transistor Radio is a podcast that discusses both transgender and cisgender issues and concerns. We try to have a focus of being happy, healthy, and healing. This is our first episode on our second season, and we have a change in co-hosts. My wife Jody will be joining us as Dana has moved on to bigger and better projects, and we wish her our very best. For this episode, Jody and I answer a listener question about how to address transgender humans. As well, I had a major surgery this past summer, and I'll let you know all about it. Our final segment today will be Jody's favorite, What the Heck Science. Today, we will discuss various ways to handle deceased human remains. It's sure to be an interesting show, and we want to thank you for being here. So we got a question, a question from a student that was involved in some speaking engagement that Kelly was doing. So, question is, Kelly, you have the question in front of you. Our question for today is, how exactly do you go about addressing transgender people? How they request to be addressed. It's the simplest way to state it, what our gender is, which is actually fascinating enough. One of my non-binary friends' points about being non-binary is that one's gender should always be stated prior to a gender being assumed. And I think that's really what the question is really getting at, is how do we now assume somebody's gender? My response would be to say, you ask somebody's gender. I think so too. I think this is something that I've struggled with, having had so many different students in my life as a teacher. I think it'd be better to ask than not to ask. And if I feel very uncomfortable, if I have to use any pronouns, I'll just go they, them. Because I think that that allows that person to not be put in, in a traditional binary box, but then allows them to say something different if they choose to. I mean, this is the cis girl over here, so, you know. But for me, I think that works best. Because it's a hard question, you know? Especially wanting to be respectful. I think it's important. I think that most of the times it's obvious by appearance how people want to be addressed. And this is what separates me, a transgender woman, from somebody who is non-binary. The non-binary folk that I know believe you do not go off of appearance. But being transitioned, transgender female, appearance and how one appears to other people is really important. And people taking me at my appearance is important Mm. to me. I want people to see me as a woman. I want people to make that assumption that I'm female. I don't want people to to wait um, and to ask. I think that if people, I think that if somebody were to come up to me and ask me, there's a part of me that says, then I failed. Okay, but question, what if, I mean, in your case, I would feel like that's ridiculous. You're so girl, you're so girl, it's just so girl. I mean, it's just like ridiculous. But I definitely have seen people in not just my own life, but in media, social media, influencers, etc., who present not a clear picture about that. And so, I don't know. I totally understand where you're coming from. And I would say people are cuckoo, cuckoo, if they say anything, but she, her, in regards to you. But, you know, the world is becoming an interesting and beautiful, fluid place. So I think asking the question is probably the best to say to people and a very kind way. You know, I care about you. I want to use pronouns you would like me to use. Do you have a thought about that? And I'm sorry if I offended you, but I just wanted to know. 
I think, you know, straightforward is better than not. I think that if we somehow got into a society that always introduced ourselves by the inclusion of our pronouns, then it would really simplify the situation. And so I think that that's a way in which you can oftentimes get around asking the individual what they are by asking what their pronouns are. Yeah. And that's oftentimes an easier thing for human beings. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. That, oh, that I think is great. What pronouns can I use for you? Done. End of story. What a quick conversation that is. And what a quick way to validate someone in what they want and also to yourself because you want to be, you know, like human and care and do what's mm-hmm. right. I think the interesting thing that I would add on to this is what do you do with that information once you have that information? Like with my students, it's relatively easy Ask them what their pronouns are or ask them if they go by a different name. But then the third question is, who can I share this information with? Because somebody might feel safe with you and telling you their pronouns are whatever they are and that their preferred name might be whatever, but they may not be comfortable in sharing that information with anybody else or that you then can share that information with anybody else. Maybe they're fine with telling you, but not with the idea that you can then tell anybody. I think that's really great. I think you and I have had many students over the years who have felt more comfortable with us than other teachers. And I feel very honored to protect that secret. And I like asking that question. So is this just between you and me? Or is this something that you would like for me to share to others so that they can respect this as well? Whatever. I don't know how I question. I just always want to say, is this between you and me? Or is this something that you would like other people to know? So yeah, you can't just run out there and be like, that's not cool. You can't just scream it out to the world. That's a very private and really honoring discussion. I feel honored when a, but a person any person is willing to share that information with me. And it's not my thing to say to others unless they want me to. So in addressing trans people, I guess the order would be, hi, what is your name? What are your pronouns? And can I share that information with other people? Yeah. May not be like the first thing you say to someone, you know, maybe she'd be like, hey, how are you? I like dogs. What do you like? Are you into cats? You know, maybe a little bit of that, then maybe into that conversation. But yeah, very, very straightforward. Maybe, maybe those, maybe those three. Maybe some, just some human some, stuff first. Just like, hey, hi. <laughs> you seem to like cats. I'm totally into cats too. Hi. Not like when you see like the cute girl sitting at the yeah. third row. Yeah. You're going to go up to her. <laughs> just be like, what's your name? What pronouns do you use? Can I tell anybody? Maybe let's start there. Maybe let's start there. Interesting. But, it, but a good conversation to have. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, I think that I'm, I found like another little mosquito bite. So I have to go grab my... (laughs) Okay. Yes. Mosquito bites. Yes, we live in the country. You go outside and touch anything that has leaves on it in the summer and you will get bit. Apparently Kelly, she went out yesterday for the first time in seven weeks or so and uh, did a little yard work. I mean a little. And I think this is mosquito bite number five or six. I think it's five. I'm pretty sure it's five. Yeah. That's what happens. When you live where we live and it's summer and you decide, I'm going to play with a plant. Plant will explode. The mosquitoes will bite you. That was awful. Yeah, it was horrible. It just, I didn't notice it yesterday. I got them like 24 hours ago, but today they're like all flared up. Uh, completely awful. <laughs> 
I think it's interesting because now that I've actually had my surgery, I'm starting to become a bit more reserved about it. Mm. In certain contexts, like I'm, I'm noticing that it's like, I don't know if I really want to talk about it that much. I don't know if I really want to go ahead and bring it up. And Interesting because you're definitely like shared with your Facebook world that was coming. and Oh yeah, for sure. And I noticed that since the surgery that I have not been anywhere near as active um, Mm -hmm. on any of my social media. I've pretty much given up Instagram entirely and I have not blogged in probably about three or four months since I put up any sort of blog post and very few Facebook updates. Yeah. Um, on my personal well-being and such. True. So that's kind of interesting, I think. I'm not sure what that stems from. Maybe because you found your vagina. I think it could be in many ways that since I found my vagina that uh, I'm in many ways much more content. I know that leading up to my surgery that I... I was very, I was much more vocal about things and I was trying to take advantage of some sort of social support mm-hmm. um, that I had because I was really struggling. So I don't even know if I've said it at any point what, you know, I had. So this past summer, uh, June 6th, actually, uh, I had gender confirmation surgery. I suppose that that's how one might go ahead and call it. I don't really know if I like that one. I know that people have also, what was it? What Do you remember what the old term was? Uh, no. Uh, the old terms were like like sexual reassignment surgery. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so people like, nope, don't like that one. Don't like sexual reassignment surgery. There's nothing sexual about it. Right, yeah. Um, and so then I've heard of gender confirmation surgery. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of people don't really like that one. That's, I mean, wait, you're confirming my, my gender? And... I don't know. Um, my therapist likes to go ahead and use the word um, aligned. Uh, like alignment surgery? I guess you could call you it that. Or you were aligned? I suppose. And I'm aligned now. I suppose I probably wouldn't bring it up in terms of the sense of the surgery. I like to reference it as bottom surgery. Hmm. But that in many ways seems as though then like I've had surgery on my bottom. <laughs> like I got a I Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> Woo! No, I did not get a Brazilian butt lift. No, you did not. Bottom surgery, but not butt surgery. <laughs> You had a... Wait, let's just call it this. Had a P, now I have a V surgery. You can see that. The basics of the surgery is that you're taking a penis and you are creating a vagina um, from it. And I waited a lot of years to go have it done. And I was able to finally get that done in San Francisco this past June. Woo! Yeah! Life is good. Got the right stuff. And that is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is where my therapist uses the word aligned. So I, I suppose in a way that, you know, you could refer to it as an alignment surgery. Aligning one's physical outsides with who we are on the inside. And that's a really interesting thing, I think, about being transgender. In that what they have found with human beings is that it is actually far easier to change one's body uh, to be aligned with one's brain as opposed to changing somebody's brain. I think that some ways, like, because I really believe in this idea of brain plasticity, that we can change our brains through things. I think that there are some things that really can't go ahead and be changed and furthermore don't need to be changed. There's no reason why it has to go ahead and be changed, but that's, I think, where you often end up in difficulties with a lot of transgender people because most of us spend most of our lives trying to desperately change our brains and we just try to ignore it 
and hope that it's going to go away and hope that we can somehow change ourselves and not be transgender and to not have to take these kind of extreme physical steps. Yeah, but I think that like the reality and I think that what maybe most of America does not necessarily understand is this huge rate of suicide and suicide attempts with transgender youth because they're just trying to fix their brain and say my brain should match what my body looks like and it doesn't work it doesn't work you know well it's this idea i think that what ends up happening to many of us is that we end up hating ourselves Mm -hmm. we either end up hating our bodies or we hate our brains or we hate both right and that is that's something that it took me a really long time to discover about myself. Um, I didn't understand that I actually spent most of my life where I should have been under some sort of suicide watch. I never made any serious attempts at it, but instead my angst came out as a lot of anger and hatred. And that was really hard for me to, to see until I made like some concrete decisions about things that I decided to go ahead and quit smoking. And when I quit smoking, it was a really challenging time for us as a society. Um, We were in the middle of COVID um, at that point. And it was a really challenging time for us in our relationship because we were really struggling really strongly uh, at that point. And And I was still smoking. (laughs) And I kind of noted that I was very angry that I was having to do this. And I was having to, I was having to quit as I perceived it. And what I had to come to the conclusion or what I came to the conclusion of or what I decided was I have to quit smoking, but I can't be a total bitch to everybody. And so at the same time that I'm dealing with quitting smoking, I decide that I have to then deal with all of this anger that I'm expressing towards everybody else around me. So by quitting the smoking, uh, which I found out was a really big outlet for me, and by quitting being angry at people, which is also a really big outlet for me, then it was really undeniable that I was really miserable and I was really wanting to kill myself. And that's what I can clearly see smoking was for me, was that I was miserable and I didn't have enough guts to go ahead and just kill myself quickly, but I knew that I was killing myself and it was a way to do it slowly, passively almost. Well, I think a lot of people in general, but I definitely, anybody I think that's struggling with that emotional trauma of life in a certain way the small ways of killing yourself are so easy right drinking and smoking and drugs and what overeating overeating under eating yes Uh, oh yeah all those little pieces go into what you know a person does that says i don't i don't want i don't quote unquote i don't want to kill myself but all the behaviors are leading towards that i don't want to kill myself but i am so miserable with everything that's going Going on, I have to have some sort of outlet for it. Something, yeah. Oh, and 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 we both have struggled with this. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I smoked. I started smoking when I was twelve. Same here. Yeah, and it wasn't until just I quit Christmas of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christmas of 2020. So it's been about a year and a half mm-hmm. since I've had any form of nicotine, um, which I'm very thankful for. But uh, sadly, I still want nicotine all the time. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, wow, I'm just really addicted to that drug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sadly. Yeah, you got a little bit more time on me. Day, 20, day 22. No smoking. 
round of applause. Again, Again. round of applause. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's really challenging. It's a really challenging thing to do. It's It's hard, I think, for us human beings to be able to look at ourselves and accept these things that we're doing to ourselves and and then start questioning ourselves as to why and what does this mean? Uh, What's going on? And so in in many ways, this is why I think of the transgender experience as being a very human experience, because this is something that I experience very abruptly in a very public manner. But I think that it's something that many, many human beings struggle with. This idea of this sort of disconnect or unalignment between who we are on the inside and and kind of what we're doing on the outside. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I went ahead and I I had that very important surgery. I don't anticipate that I will actually, I'm I'm really trying to will myself to not have any other surgeries. I just, I want to try my best and accept my body the way that it is with the flaws that it has at this point, because I have a very aligned body uh, with my brain, which is um, all feminine. Yes, there are definitely uh, a aesthetic aspects of my body that I would improve upon as I think many of us human beings have wishes about this part or that part or whatever part of us but I'm hoping to be able to be content with the body that I have at this point because actually I'm more than content I'm like absolutely just ecstatic about the body that I have at this point and I can't believe that after what for me really actually amounts to probably about 45 years that I actually have down there what I'm supposed to have down there and when I look down there it's it actually is what it's supposed to be and I was talking to my doctor and she was asking him, you know, how does it feel and tell me all about it and such or whatever. And I found myself struggling for words to tell her about it well. But I, I said things like, well, I can actually take a shower naked mm-hmm. um, now. I can, I, I've been naked in front of my wife again, which is like am- amazing. I just, I don't, I don't struggle when I go ahead and I pull up my underwear. I don't struggle, you know, when I go to the bathroom. I, I just, I, I don't feel horrible when I'm going ahead and shaving my legs. I'm like, oh my gosh, look it. Oh, it's so exciting. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's just, you know, so how do I feel? Maybe in in those sorts of ways that it's like, that's an easy way to say Mm -hmm. about how I feel um, about it at this point. That's good. Like it. Mm -hmm. Good sharing. Like it. By the way, did you know that you can have your ashes placed in soil with a seed and then they'll bury it and you grow into a tree. Have you heard that one yet? That's one way you can be put to rest. That's not either the traditional bury you in a coffin or cremate you and put you in the ground. Do you know that? Have you heard of that before? Um, okay, so back up. (laughs) (laughs) So what you have here is a listing of ways in which people can be buried. Right, or their remains can be taken care of that is available around the world. Body disposal. Body disposal, but not... After after death. Yes, but not illegal. Legal body disposal. Legal, yes, thank you. (laughs) That is not regular, I'm putting you in a coffin in the ground and I'm not like cremating you and just putting you in a box in some place, ground or mausoleum. Yeah, so these are totally different ways to put a body someplace when they have passed. Uh, I found this whole list because I first found that there's a company that will take your remains and create basically a pearl, which I'm assuming is not really a small size pearl because you can have loved ones etch a personal message or put handprints on it and then they drop this in the ocean where it provides new habitat for fish and eventually becomes part of the ocean reef, which I actually kind of love thinking that's what I'm going to do 
Yeah. Just turn me into an ocean reef. Okay. But then I got onto this whole different thing and looked at other ways that people take care of their loved ones after they have passed. And some of them are very weird. You're to look at those two here. Why don't you look at those two? And comment on either one of those. There you go. Mummification. Right? What? You can have yourself mummified. Today. Modern times. But it says that it's used in some cultures. I mean, I don't think I can, like, exactly fly to Egypt and be like, Hi, I'd like to be mummified. Well, we don't know where Here's they could do tomb. it, but clearly they... Please if, give me a tomb. It, they'll let you have be, if someplace will mummify your body. Tree burial. Yeah, that's very specific to a certain area of the world, too. <laughs> By putting bodies in a tree. Just, in a tree. Yeah, in a tree. Way up in a tree. In a tree. And then they just decompose from there. What else did you find? Well, cryonics, which I think we have heard about for quite a while. I'm sorry? Cryonics. Freezing without okay. damaging sure. tissue. But that, the idea, I think, behind that is that, like, you know, you're going to be brought back to life. You know, like, if you're buried, like, under, like, a tree, if you're, or if you're buried in a tree, hey, you're, you're not coming back to life. No, this one very specifically says that is mostly used for people who are brain dead, but not, like, dead dead. So if you're brain dead and they're going to take you off life support, then your choice can be being frozen and hoping that one day they can solve the problem and bring you back. Okay. Uh, yeah. So those have actually heard it before. Wait, I've, well, mummification, yes. Tree bur- bur- burial. I didn't think it was anything that was modern. I've read about it from like past cultures, but this next one I've never heard of ever and I'm not sure what I feel about it because I really like water, but it's called aquamation. Yeah. This is the procedure of being bathed in water, which speeds up the deterioration process. This obviously isn't the nicest way to dispose of or bury a body. However, some see it as a better alternative to being burnt in a furnace. I'm confused. I'm sorry. Can you, what is, what happens? So you get put into, let me, I'm just going to show you the picture. So everyone can imagine now it's like a giant steel tube and they put the body in there and they fill it with water and the water speeds up the deterioration process because that's what makes bodies deteriorate is moisture. And then once the whole body is deteriorated, apparently it goes somewhere. How long will that take, though? It doesn't tell me that, but apparently for some people, they'd rather have that being burned in a furnace, but they don't want to be in a coffin. I know, right? What? I don't like the idea of being buried in a tube of water. Well, I think what happens is you're not even buried. I think what happens is you stay in that tube until you just melt, and then they take the stuff and put it somewhere, which it doesn't say. <laughs> I know that you wouldn't be buried. No, no. (laughs) Your juices would be what? (laughs) You'd have juices. You'd just be juice. (laughs) I understand the concept that... I guess. I, I am totally guessing here. No, no. No, no. There, there, I understand you. There would be, you know, some sort of liquid. <laughs> I get it. It's some sort of human. Yes. Okay. Uh, right. Uh, liquid. Uh, right. I, that. But see, this tube is going to be contained someplace, like a warehouse. Nope. Apparently. Right? There's a warehouse of tubes. Of yeah, human tubes. tubes. Yes, look at this one right here. There's a tube. Right. It's not, it's not a lie, too. <laughs> right, climb into the tube. I get it. Fill yeah, it with water. You, you don't climb the tube. That you. <laughs> if you climb the tube, you have some issues. <laughs> and they do too, because they're killing you. <laughs> so it's not good. You would place the body into the tube mm-hmm. and then fill it with water. But then, you know, practicality is where does the tube go? I don't know. So the tube is stored someplace until 
this body deterioration takes place, at which point the tube would be... Look at my face. There's a whole bunch of questions going on over here. Emptied. Emptied? Yeah. Reused? Oh. <laughs> Look at that, babe. Where would you empty it? I would have put a note Where here. Where empty, said... I think I need help. <laughs> questions. <laughs> I need help with that. What do you do with that shit? Okay. Uh, apparently you could also go to space. Uh, you could have a space burial. Uh, you go to space. This doesn't seem right. Yeah. Yeah. You can launch ashes or for a higher cost, the full remains of a deceased into space via a rocket. So, hey, may that that may be number two for me. I really like water, so I'd either be be like a a, a coral reef or just shot into space. I, I'm down with that. Okay, there are a couple other ones in here I'm just going to pass on because they really have the same question we had about... Aquamation? Where does the stuff go after it melts? I'm going to get back to you on that one, y'all. That's I'm not going to talk about those, okay? Because those don't make any sense. Oh, you can donate your body for plastination. Oh, well, I know what plastination. Yeah. Kelly and I have seen at least two exhibits of plastination where it is the process of removing liquids from the body, sucking it dry, while only allowing tissue mass to remain, preventing the body from decaying. It looks like, uh, you know, human, but just with not all their stuff. Ah, okay, quickly, you can be made into a diamond. Yes. Uh, you can take your ashes and have them made into a diamond. Don't need that. No. no it's a very weird. personal thing, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take grandma and make, turn... <laughs> And grandma into a diamond ring. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do that, I'd rather get like a little locket or something and put some ashes in there. I mean, like, but to put it in and this whole process of oh, the diamond, I'm like, look how pretty it is. Grandma, my diamond. I don't, I don't want to know. All right. Well, I think I'm going to stop here because there's a couple more, but maybe we can come back to, actually, there are quite a few more, but we, maybe we can come back to some of these about how people choose to, uh, you know, I hate to say, but dispose of the bodies of their loved ones. There you go. <laughs> That's an episode of Seriously, What the Hell. Thank you for listening to our episode. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. Please visit our website at transsister.com. That is T-R-A-N-S-C-I-S-T-E-R.com. There, you can find all of our episodes, our show notes, and our contact information. Thank you so much.